And good Saturday morning to you on this spring fishing and opening day of the Louisiana turkey hunting season. Finally, that long-awaited Louisiana season is finally here. Weather forecast, not too bad conditions for getting the old beady-eyed bird. Good luck to all you turkey hunters, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, all open. Well, despite the fake news that's being circulated via social media, fishing and hunting is not, I repeat, not closed. Now, while there are some infrastructure like marinas, bait shops, boat launches, some of those are closed, as well as some private areas are off limits. But for the most part, all public areas remain open. Now, this week, I saw more bank fishermen safely and socially distanced from each other at just about every pond and small lake. They were fishing and casting their lines and enjoying the peace and quiet of nature, trying to avoid, and uh, if you get tuned in, 24-7 on the news cycle, it will drive you absolutely crazy. Make no mistake, though, when this pandemic ends, we're going to be left with a lot of societal changes. The way we prepare and handle these pandemics is going to be major changes to people working from home, attending school at home, and maybe, well, just maybe a return to an earlier time when families used to spend more time together at home. I think a lot more of that is going on. They're cooking at home even teaching some people who have never cooked a meal how to do that. But despite all those changes that we're going to see in our society, uh, the one thing that has remained constant through all of this and will continue to be a main focus in the lives of maybe more people than ever is fishing, hunting, and enjoying the outdoor wonders of our state and country. You know, because no matter what state you're in, we the people own and we have rights to pursue fish and game in all public waters and woods on our wildlife management areas, our national wildlife refuges, and we should never, ever let any persons or government from preventing us access to it. Now, that being said, let's get ready to enjoy it, and I'll help you do that. we got some live reports coming up, as always. Two special guests this morning. C-Mac's going to be joining us, Chris Macaluso, talking about why this week's episode of Bayou Wild TV is titled Long Live Queen Bess Island. And, of course, during these times of staying at home a lot of people including me have some time to read books and the one i'm thoroughly enjoying right now is called louisiana pastimes and i think you'll enjoy it too because if you're a listener to this program i think we think a lot alike Uh, louisiana outdoors writer terry jones is going to join us he's the author of that fantastic book Uh, stay tuned and don't when we come back after this we're going to take some of your text messages as always 870 870 Uh, i got fishing and weather information Bad boy story to tell you about. (laughs) This one's a little funny. This bad boy was turkey hunting either a week too early or one day early and 37 years too late. I'll explain the details of what all that means. Uh, Also, I want to send a shout-out to some, I I think, what's going to be recognized when this is all said and done, new heroes. We're fighting a war against this coronavirus, even though it's an invisible enemy. And just like we tell veterans, I've had people tell me, thank you for your service. We're going to be thanking some new folks for their service. I'm talking about the truckers, delivery people who are out there on the roads moving the supplies to us. And, of course, the doctors, nurses, paramedics, first responders. When you see those folks, tell them that thank you for your service, too. They're putting their life on the line to protect us. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 
All right, here's your forecast for today. Not bad looking day at all for a number of activities. Got a good average tide range of over a foot, about 1.1 is the average. Uh, today, if you're looking to go offshore, perfect conditions. East wind, 5 to 10, 1 to 2 foot seas offshore. That should make my friend Martha Spencer very happy. And if you're inside, east wind, 5 to 10, some smooth conditions there. Pretty much a repeat of tomorrow. Seas might be a little bit higher offshore tomorrow and about only a 20% chance of rain. Uh, Bonnie Carey Spillway is open. was open yesterday. If you didn't get the word, we're back on that for the third year in a row, predicting that it's not going to be for as lengthy a time and as much water come into Lake Pontchartrain through the Bonnie Carey Spillway. A river level 16.4 and on the rise. Got to keep it under that 17 flood stage. All right, this just came in recently. If you're planning on, you may be driving in now to Bogachita National Wildlife Refuge to do some turkey hunting. Uh, be advised it is closed due to spring flooding. Uh, the birds are kind of... Uh, ganged up on what little high ground is there and not underwater. So in an effort to preserve the turkey population in Bogachita, uh, the season has been closed. All right, that being said, let's go down to Shell Beach and talk to Robbie Campo. Robbie, what's happening down at the beach these days? Well, good morning, Don. Uh, the beach is still the same as it was last week, but um, we, we had some really good fishing during the week. Uh, we had a little front come through, kind of messed Kind of mess things up, uh, dirty the water up um, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and yesterday the water was still a little bit muddy, and you know around Comfort Island and the places that people wanted to get out to. Um, but hopefully this morning that things cleared up a little bit, and you know by the Long Rocks, uh, you know is, is going to be. I'm thinking that's going to be a really really good spot to fish this morning. They caught some fish there yesterday. Um, and, you know, and I think today, you know, caught him yesterday morning in the in the Mister Go on the backside of the dam. Caught some over at uh, at Marlow yesterday on the eastern shoreline. So, if you want to go do that eastern shoreline uh, Lake Bourne thing, that's happening. You know, it's just not the numbers that we would like to see, but you know, we did have a front Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe today will be the day. I don't, I, you know, we got a, you know, we got a decent tide range. Things ought to happen today. So. With that said, um, you know, we, you know, Don, every day has been looking like a Saturday down here, basically, with people trying to just get out and get away from the house. And, uh, you know, I'm not seeing Tom, Joe, and Bob in the boat. I'm seeing mom, dad, and the kids. So, uh, you know, and basically when you come in with the kids, they just want the kids to grab, you know, something to tug on the line. Uh, been doing a lot of sheephead fishing along the rocks, along the long rocks. That's been really, really well. Been doing well. So, um you know, if you if you want to go just, you know, go out and go catch something, to have the kids catch something, <clears throat> take a run to the Long Rocks. Um, that requires some dead bait and a jig head and go to fishing. So, you know, uh, and that's been working really, really well. Uh, been catching some redfish up in the Biloxi Marsh and all through the back of Hopedale going towards Delacro. They've even been catching some trout over on that Delacro side. They've been doing really well over there. <clears throat> um uh let's talk about this bait situation for a minute we have bait this morning we have about maybe six thousand or so on hand if you're coming in from the city and you run or, or north shore and you're running a little bit late please stop on paris road and get some from either bait incorporated or by friendly fisherman tony kutcher they have they both have about five or six thousand on hand and they could use your business also um if you're going to Delacroix Island, 
uh, Serenades has bait and Sweetwater has some bait. So, um, you know, if you're going that way, uh, I was told they had bait in the tank. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to talk to my cousin, John over at, uh, Serenades or, or, but I did hear from sweet, you know, over somebody from Sweetwater said that they did have some bait. So if you're going that way, you know, but if you're coming in and you're running a little bit late, stop on Paris road and pick up some bait. We have a lot of people at these camps that's just kind of homesteading down here at Shell Beach at Proctor's Land at Fort Beauregard. They're just, you know, hanging out and uh, staying away from the city. And uh, with that said, um, these people are fishing, you know, plenty. So they're, they're you know, you know, they come over here and buying bait. So that's going to take away from the people who's launching. So if you're coming in, stop and buy some bait uh, from these other guys. They could use the business and share the wealth and everybody else, everybody will be happy when they got some live bait in their boat. So <laughs> that's it, Don. Right. Um, when you're coming down, hang a left at that bridge and come on down and see us and we'll get you going. Rob, I'm ask you, uh, I'm assuming Hopedale Marina is closed right now on the other side there, so um, people be aware of that. I've got people down, asking me. Their back down ramp is open, but, they're, uh, but they do not have live bait on hand. No, they, but their back down ramp is open. So if you okay. wanted to come here to get bait and go down there and launch, that's that's fine. But remember that they do not have bait. Robbie, one other question uh, with this forecast: If they're correct today, east five to ten, I got to think people want to take a shot out to the Breton and Chandelier Islands. I think that would be on right now. You know, to get away from some of that fresh water and the dirty water. I think right now it might be the time to go experiment. You know, it's a good chance to get out there. Well, you talk to in, I'm you know, sure Don, nobody was able to get out there during the week because of the weather. The wind was too high. Right, right. Earlier in the week, Monday, Tuesday was not bad. And they did catch some fish out there, but you know Wednesday and Thursday was so kicked up and fried. And yesterday it blew. Fr- it blew yesterday during the day. It was it was probably maybe you know ten to fifteen miles an hour out there. So, but this morning with these calm conditions, I think if I was gonna go on that outside, if I had an inclination in my mind that I was going outside, I would have to go try Breton Island or Chandelier or Freemason or somewhere out there. I think I would just have to go do it because I think today would be the day. Got it. Rob, thank you, my friend, and uh, thanks for what you're doing, keeping open down there and serving all those people that, you know, idle time was what they've got, and they want to do it safely and be socially distancing. There ain't no better way to get out there in a lonesome marsh and catch you some fish. Absolutely, absolutely. So, again, make a left at that bridge, come and see us, and we'll be waiting on you. Okay, Rob. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you. All right, buddy. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. There he goes, Rob Campo. <clears throat> he reports every week from uh, Campos Marina, <clears throat> excuse me, at Shell Beach. When we come back, your text messages. Want to get one in? 870-870, right after this. All right, as I mentioned, hunting, <clears throat> excuse me, and fishing are definitely open. They are not closed, despite what you may see on social media. A lot of people are going out of their way to spread false rumors. But there are some areas that are closed. Elmer's Island has been closed to the public. Uh, And adding to that this week, the town of Grand Isle has closed the road going in and out except for residents. So if you're headed down Highway 1 to do some fishing, go no further than Fushan, or at least just before you enter Grand Isle, because you will be turned around unless you are a resident there. All right, looking at our text board, uh, let's see. We got, uh, oh, here's a turkey hunter. 
says, I got, oh, this is from uh, Brock. He's up in Livingston Parish. I got the location of old time this morning, but don't expect any coordinates. We wouldn't. And uh, by the way, Brock, we refer to him as the beady-eyed bird on this show. All right, here's one says, um, you may have done this already, but can you go over what the exact orders are for fishing right now? Fishing's open. As long as the place that you're going is public and uh, you should have access there unless there are places like the towns and communities that restrict their roadways, which Grand Isle is the only one I know of that's done that at this point. Uh, But there's a lot of marinas that have chosen to close down. But as far as fishing and hunting, it is open as usual. Uh, any reports, Golden Meadow area? we got that coming up. Daryl Carpenter will cover that for us. Uh, Joe and David are on their way to have a great day fishing. Thanks for checking in. Here's one says, I'm a trucker, but I want to thank the mechanics that keep us rolling. Thank you as well. That's from the River Rat. You got that right. We thank them too. And here's my old buddy Chris Burzai wishing me a happy turkey day. Yeah, it's like Thanksgiving in the spring when opening day of turkey season. In fact, I, I got a beady-eyed bird in the freezer and May have him for Easter. Maybe I'll brine him up and check him out. All right, Mad Truckers checking in. Here's one that says, listen to you talk this morning about a simpler time. My family takes our meals together every day. Good for you. Still cook every meal at home. Still hang out with each other. Not much has changed because of the virus for me. Thank God. Well, you're very fortunate to be able to do that. Most two family workers and kids and uh, the busy lifestyle usually doesn't allow for that. But if you can do it, that is fantastic. A lot of people are doing it now. Maybe they'll go back to it. Uh, Snake Doctor, he's down to St. Bernard. He's headed that way with the Hobie kayak and the fly rod. Good luck to you. you got some good weather for it. Uh, Justin uh, in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge, he says, amazing amount of seagulls with humans being scarce. I wonder if they're looking for food. Could be. But I don't know if humans are so scarce, according to what I saw down at Attackapaw Land, and I fished down there for some sockelet with uh, Blaine Salter and uh, Dustin Boudreau, a couple of really good sockelet fishermen. Uh, it was a crowd down there during the middle of the week. Uh, let's see. Here's one says, uh, this is from Toby. He's headed down. To, uh, he was headed down. He should be headed down to Bogachita to put the smack down on a long beard, but thank the good Lord he's still got Kokomo, Mississippi, so he's headed north. Well, go get that beady-eyed bird. All right, when we come back after this next break, uh, we're going to be joined by Chris Macalusos. They call him C-Mac. And if you haven't watched this week's edition of our Bayou Wild TV, I'm going to strongly suggest you do that. It will be coming on on WBRZ Channel 2 at 6. And, of course, you can watch anytime you want if you go to BayouWildTV.com on YouTube. Uh, it's a great story, and it's entitled Long Live Queen Bess Island. And C-Mac was very instrumental in, in, in getting that piece done and we're going to talk to him and share how what a great story it is from two perspectives. One, it's coastal restoration, a successful coastal restoration project, and also a very successful conservation story of our state bird, the brown pelican. We're back with CMAC right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, the radio network. All right, if you uh, have seen this week's episode of Bayou Wild TV, well, you know what we're going to talk about, Queen Bess Island out of Grand Isle. But if you have not, I strongly suggest you watch it and uh, really enjoy the wonderful, wonderful video that was produced by photographers Gary Krause and also Chris Lecoq. Another Chris joins us right now, Chris Macaluso with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, and he is also featured in that program. Chris, thanks for getting up with us this morning. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Don. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. 
Well, thanks to you and Gary Krause and many others, uh, we've, we've got excellent video to where people who are not able to get out there and view uh, beautiful Queen Bess Island uh, has been restored and resurrected and loaded up with all kinds of birds in addition to the brown pelicans. Uh, if you would, tell us a little bit about the history of that Queen Bess Island. Well, Queen Bess is, is you know, as you mentioned, it's right around the corner from Grand Isle. It's one of those places where if you fish out of Grand Isle, you've been to uh, almost inevitably. Um, and a lot of folks know, you know, you could just kind of hear it as you're approaching. Uh, there's so many birds, so many pelicans on that island. Uh, you know, I think just like any of the other islands around Grand Island in that Barataria area, it was probably at one time connected to a mainland. And at some point it separated off, and became a, uh, a, you know, just an island sitting out there in the Barataria Bay. Uh, but it's one of the most important pelican rookeries uh, in the United States, really. It's a place where about 20% of Louisiana's brown pelicans uh, nest every year. Uh, and it was, it was one of the areas where when the brown pelican was reintroduced uh, into Louisiana in the 1970s to try to, uh, to bring it back after it had been devastated by pesticides and things like that in the ecosystem, uh, it was one of the first places where brown pelicans were reintroduced. Now, over the last several decades, just like a lot of places on Louisiana's coast, it had eroded away and subsided and had really become vulnerable, and, and uh, it was just time for it to get a facelift. Uh, and because of uh, the penalties that were coming in from the oil spill that happened, believe it or not, 10 years ago, almost to the date, um, you know, it started about 10, you know, right at 10 years ago, right now, um, there was some money that came in that allowed the state and wildlife fisheries to go in and rebuild that island and take it from about five acres above the water to about 30 acres, uh, bringing in sand from the Mississippi River and putting some more rocks out there just to give that island some more life and let the pelicans come back and nest there again. You know, Chris, uh, we're going to talk more about the, the restoration and the coastal restoration part of it, but there's also a story about the comeback of the brown pelicans taking back their island again. But the first thing we need to do is pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves. We'll be right back on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And if you're just joining us, uh, Chris Macaluso with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, uh, a very well-known worldwide conservation organization, is joining us. And we're talking about Queen Bess Island, the feature of this week's Bayou Wild TV episode called Long Live Queen Bess Island. It was in shambles due to erosion and storms, and it has been brought back in a a beautiful fashion. Chris, it was kind of demonstrated through the video of how you you mentioned bringing in sand or sediment from the Mississippi River and brought over there. Tell me a little bit more in detail about the, the actual reconstruction, what it took to get that, because it was well demonstrated in the video. You can actually see the island growing stage by stage. Sure, yeah, Don. You know, uh, kind of like what they did with the Kamenata headland, uh, which is, you know, Elmer's Island. A lot of folks know it's in that sort of same area. Um, you know, instead of pumping sand in from the bottom of Barataria Bay, um, they brought the sand in, the CPRA uh, brought the sand in from outside. In this case, um, you know, it was dredge material that came out of the Mississippi River that they put in a barge and moved back over towards Queen Bess and then pumped it back out onto the island. I think the unique part about this project is that the time frame in which they had to do it. Generally, if they 
you know, on a larger barrier island project, you're talking about something that takes at least a couple of years to move the material in and move around with heavy equipment. In the in this case, uh, you know, they they took this island in a matter of months um, and, and rebuilt it and enlarged it uh, because they had to do it uh, between nesting periods for the pelicans. So basically, you know, they came on site last year at the end of the summer and started pumping the material and putting some more rocks and things like that around the outside of the island and then um uh and then had to finish the project up by mid-February uh so that the pelicans could start coming back and now as you saw the other day going out there with with Daryl Carpenter the pelicans are back uh you know when we went out February you know roughly the first of February to shoot the footage uh that, that that's you know part of the show this week uh, there weren't a whole lot of birds on the island. There's still heavy equipment and things like that. Uh, and then once, you know, you went six weeks later, it's just covered in birds, you know. So, uh, or two months later, it's covered in birds out there already already uh, making nests and having little birds. So uh, that was unique about this. It's, it, it's not the biggest project that the state's ever done by far. It's only about a $20 million project. And in the grand scheme of coastal restoration projects, that's relatively small. But it's unique because, uh, you know, where it's located and how important it is to the birds and the fish and how fast they had to build the project. Yeah, and those, those pelicans came back very quickly and very strong. And I got to tell you, uh, they, they got the pelican smell back out there again. I guess that's what you call the best, worst smell in the Gulf of Mexico is the smell of those pelicans. It's great to have them back. Chris, if you stay with me during this break, we come back. I want to talk about the other part, about fishing around Queen Bess Island. It's easy, accessible from Grand Isle when you can get into Grand Isle, which is not happening right now. But we'll talk sure. more about the specifics of going out there to catch a few fish because it's also a beautiful structure for fishing. Chris Macaluso is with us, and uh, he's with the Teddy Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. And we'll be back. We'll continue to talk about Queen Bess Island in Grand And I'm looking at our text message board at 870-870. And Justin just texted. He said he just saw uh, Bayou Wild TV, and the photography was beautiful. Justin, thank you. I will pass that along to Gary Krause and Chris Lecoq. You're exactly right. Queen Bess Island is resilient. He goes on. Our brown pelicans have a home there. Great work, y'all. Yes, it is a wonderful story. And he must have been watching on Channel 54. We come on at 4 a.m. Saturday mornings there. This program will be on at 6 a.m. on WBRZ, Channel 2 in Baton Rouge. Chris Macaluso has been on the air with us chatting about it. Chris, we talked about the Pelican, the, the coastal restoration effort, both uh, a big success. But it's also one heck of a fishing structure, too. And you've fished there quite a bit. Tell us how to access it. And basically, what do you do when you pull up to fish there? Well, it's just northeast of Grand Isle, and, and as you mentioned, uh, I mean, what's maybe two miles from the island, uh, not mm-hmm. far at all, and that's why it's so popular. But as you mentioned, the first thing to do is uh, try to figure out if you could fish the upwind side because it does get a little gamey out there uh, <laughs> yeah. with all those pelicans. Uh, you know, I think there's been a handful of folks who maybe have uh, hit hit the sauce a little too hard the night before who couldn't make their fishing trip very long around Queen Bass because of the smell, but uh, it is a great place. And part of the reason why there's fish around there is because of all that, you know, poo and all that stuff that gets out in the water and kind of, you know, attracts the bait fish and stuff. But there's a lot of structure there, too. As you saw, they put some more rocks down. There's always been shell and rocks and some old oyster reefs and stuff like that around the island. 
Uh, I like fishing that west side of that island, um, you know, along that shoreline. We've had several trips over there throughout the course of the years of fishing Grand Isle where we've caught just a lot of nice speckled trout, and there's like you know, sheep's head and drum and all the things that you would expect to catch around Grand Isle are there. And usually this is the time of year when it really starts to take off. Uh, and, and become a real popular spot. I think the other thing that's unique about that island is the size of it. That's why it's so important to the pelicans. The pelicans really like to nest on those smaller islands because there's not as many predators there. Uh, you know, a bigger barrier island like Grand Terre or Grand Isle, for instance, has coyotes and raccoons and stuff like that on it that'll eat the, the young pelicans and the eggs. And those smaller little islands like Queen Bass don't really have that that issue. Uh and a lot of those small islands are just gone. I mean, I think if folks know about the Cat Islands and some of the other islands in, in the Barataria system, uh, sadly, in the last 20 years, a lot of those places have just subsided and eroded and washed away. And uh, you're know, bringing back that smaller, those smaller areas, those smaller islands of the 10 to 15 to 30 acre size – uh, that gives you a place to hide out from the wind and gives the fish a place to orient, things like that, is a challenge. It's a challenge to bring those things back. And I think that's why, from a fisheries perspective, uh, it, it was so important to, to bring back queen bass and try to figure out some of the other places that, that like that that can be restored as well. Speaking of other places, I got word that they're going to do a similar project and restore Rabbit Island over in Calcasieu. What do you know about that one? Well, yeah, that's another project that's going to be restored uh, as part of the, the, the oil spill recovery, uh, another smaller island project, uh, sticking in the Barataria Basin. Uh, Grand Terre Island, I think, is next on the list of islands that's going to get a facelift, uh, similar to what we saw at East Grand Terre, what we saw at Whiskey Island over in Terrebonne Parish. Uh, you know, this is all part of these oil spill dollars come into fruition. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we're a decade past the spill. A lot of the direct impact damage from the spill projects, you know, the, the projects that are there that are going to spend the money where, you know, fish and wildlife were directly damaged by the oil spill. A lot of that money is coming um, to the state now, uh, and they're trying to put it on the ground as fast as possible. Uh, and so you're going to see – uh, some more marsh creation projects all across the state. You're going to see a lot of hurricane protection projects going on. The, the state of Louisiana, and of course, some of this is dependent on oil and gas royalties and things like that, which are really taking a hit uh, over the last several months, uh, and especially right now with, with the economic downturn that we've seen. But you're still going to see over a billion dollars worth of coastal protection and restoration projects take place over the next three years so three billion dollars plus is anticipated to be spent over the next three years on coastal protection and coastal restoration projects chris one more thing before you go i was pretty surprised when i saw the nature of that soil you know it was mississippi river sediment which you'd kind of expect to be kind of mud you know but that stuff looked like the same type of beach sand that you find on a barrier island Oh, I mean, Don, it is. It, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of how Louisiana was built. Uh, you know, if you look at Barrier Islands, that's that's kind of how the Mississippi River built this place. Is uh, it, it? You know, the, the the outermost areas is where really the heaviest sand was deposited, 
and then the lighter stuff, the clays and the mud and things like that, got deposited behind it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of what a barrier island looks like. On the front side, it's that more coarse river silt sand. And then as you move back, uh, you know, you get more mud and you get things like that, which the marsh grass starts growing on. Um, you know, if you go down to like Wax Lake Delta or you go down to, uh, you know, West Bay Diversion and things like that, where you're getting those natural uh, diversions and sand depositions coming out of out of the Mississippi River and out of the Atchafalaya, it kind of looks like that, too. You know, where it builds a headland, where that heavy sand drops out, you get that that headland that kind of emerges above the water. And then behind that, the lighter soils like the muds and the clays will deposit. So it's really um, just sort of shows you how the Mississippi River built this place. You know, that's that, that sand, that heavy, coarse sand uh, that really is uh, – what the state is trying to get out of, you know, say building a diversion project. Um, you know, that's the stuff that's the foundation of what built coastal Louisiana. Uh, and so, yeah, when you pull sand out of the bottom of the Mississippi river, you pull sediment, it's, it's, it's little pieces of the Rocky mountains and little pieces of, yeah. uh, you know, limestone throughout the Midwest. Yeah. Well, those dredges and pumps are kind of, fast track it to get it where it needs to go to and it was an excellent uh, project and one that's very successful and will also provide a lot of data about coastal restoration chris i want to thank you for joining us and thanks for the hard work that you do in taking care of louisiana's resources and promoting them thanks so much oh thanks don good to talk to you buddy all right we'll see you soon that's Chris Macaluso, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. When we come back after this, get to some of your text messages and talk to the guy who I was fishing out at Queen Bess Island with. He's also seen in that Bayou Wild TV episode. Captain Darrell Carpenter also got some sad news about the closing of Grand Isle, his home base. We'll talk about that and your opportunities for fishing down there. And whoever that was wanted that information on Golden Meadow, Darrell will give that to you too. We'll be back right after this timeout. And we have yet another star of the Bayou Wild TV episode called Long Live Queen Bess Island, produced and edited by Chris LeCocq and video by Gary Krause. Uh, we're talking about Daryl Carpenter. Went out there and had a nice little fishing trip with him. Although today, uh, Daryl, timing couldn't have been worse to show that feature because a lot of people are going to want to take a ride out there and view the pelicans and see the restoration project and catch a few fish. But unfortunately, the town of Grand Isle has closed off the roads down there. Give us the latest because I'm sure there are people on the way down Highway 1 right now thinking they're going to be able to fish out of Grand Isle and will be turned around. What can you tell us about the latest? Well, what's closed is the island itself. They closed. They all right. Uh, they closed the highway right at the Paris line, which is the corporate limits for Grand Isle. Uh, that should not stop anybody from going to Queen Bess or anywhere like that because they simply just got a longer boat ride. Uh, Fouchon Public Launch is open. The uh, Leeville Public Launch is open. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they've got a couple of marinas up there, I think, probably top water. I hadn't heard anything about them closing. So there's plenty of places to launch, and and you know what's closed is the is the actual dry ground of Grand Isle. Um, you just got a little bit longer boat ride to take. Uh, you know, is what it is. The um, the speckled trout report would be that you know some of the nicer fish have started to show up in the lower bays. It's just still been a little bit tough to hit them this time of the year because 
Don, I think there's several things at play here. We've got a slug of muddy water that's come in around Grand Island. I believe that's coming out of that southwest pass and just circling back around and, and coming into Grand Isle. Um, there's been a lot cleaner water over toward the Fouchon area. Um, it's, you know, the, the last week, one of the oyster biologists lives next door to us, and, and they were talking about, you know, they regularly test the water salinity because of the oysters. And the water salinity in Grand Island some days was the, on the surface was dropping to, to six parts per thousand. Uh, that's darn near fresh water. I mean, that's almost drinking water. Um, so we, what we found is there's some cleaner water tucked up in the marsh. So a lot of the, a lot of the smaller, it's going to be smaller fish, a lot of school fish up in the marsh, but that's where you're getting your numbers at. Um, when you get ready to start fishing down around the coast, you're going to find some bigger fish, just not as many of them. Although this weekend's going to probably be a prime weekend to hit the coast areas, but I think I think it's supposed to rough up a little bit tomorrow. But today's going to be a prime area to start hitting. You know, the rocks at Fouchon, the Fouchon Bar, just the rocks in front of Grand Isle. Land areas are closed on Grand Isle. If you've got a favorite fishing spot to fish, the waters are open. Very specific. We're open. We've made alternative arrangements. Uh, it's gonna. We're gonna have to ask our customers to, to you know, make a few adjustments and might be a little bit inconvenient for them. But until the town of Grand Isle starts paying my bills and my electric bill, I'm open. Gotcha. Uh, for the listener that wanted to know about Golden Meadow, that far inland, any good reports there? Yes, uh, I did get some reports earlier this week. Still up around the Catfish Lake area. That's where, like I said, and look, we're starting to see from the, from the folks that fish there more often than I do, I'm hearing word that they're starting to see their first flocks of birds. So the shrimp are starting to move. Uh, of course, with this warm weather, the shrimp are having to, are growing. So they're, they're starting their annual migration. And when those shrimp start moving, that's when those speckled trout start ganging up. And I'm hearing flocks of birds up around Golden Meadow, up around Catfish Lake area. Um, so yeah, that's, like I said, it's going to be a lot of smaller fish mixed in with them, but that's where your numbers still are tucked up in that slug of clean water that's trapped up in that marsh. And you got a lot of bait moving around. Daryl, uh, in the governor's proclamation, he specifically mentioned that charter fishing operations were to remain open as part of the Marine, um, what is it? The Marine transportation. Transportation So that means if people, yeah, and and some of the guides and charters have chosen to close, but for those that are open, uh, maybe a little bit of an inconvenience, but if somebody wants to get a hold of you and uh, maybe meet up around Fushan or somewhere in that area and still get out and fish during these times, tell them how to get a hold of you. Well, they can find me on your website, dontheoutdoorsguide.com. They can find me on the internet at realscreamers.com or just pick up the phone. Trust me, we're craving human interaction these days because they've just about <laughs> successfully driven us into the poorhouse. Uh, 225-937-6288. Now, that Grand Isle order, is that just one way, or do they not let people out of there either and come back? Uh, no, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's specific to residents only is the only people that can get through. Residents only can go get, you know, can go up to Walmart and do everything they want and come back on. Um, well, that's my point. I mean, if somebody goes out of there and comes back and they're contagious and spreads it, what's the difference if it's somebody else coming in there? Uh, maybe they ought to close it completely. Yeah, maybe they ought to close it completely. Close it completely. No in or out for anybody. All right, Daryl, thanks for the report, my friend. We'll see you next time, buddy. You have a good day, Don. 
All righty. Yeah, you can catch Daryl and I fishing Queen Bess Island. Yeah, it is reachable from some of the other areas, but, boy, it is so close out of Grand Isle. Well, hopefully they will open sooner than later. All right, coming back after this more fishing reports, going to talk to Terry Jones. You got time to read a book? A lot of people do now. Louisiana Pastimes. I am really enjoying this book. He'll tell you all about it. And also Bad Boys of the Outdoors. That a guy, well, he got a little jump on the turkey season. Unfortunately, it's going to hit him in the pocketbook. We're back with all of that the second hour right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 